The countdown to legal recreational adult use of marijuana is underway in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Do you think you know how to use it and what it does to your body? Alcohol is poison. Just one of the opinions Dr. Jordan Tischler of Inhale MD, a Harvard-educated physician who spoke at the New England Cannabis Convention a few weeks ago in Boston, said, we'll talk with him next on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Once again, brought to you by Vape Daddy's, the premier retail store dedicated to vaping your favorite substance of choice. Now, with four locations in the Boston area, in Newton, Norwood, Framingham, and Braintree, who's your daddy? Vape Daddy's the answer. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast with episodes available on iTunes and the CLNS Media Network. And a video record of this is also will be available at CLNS Media's YouTube channel. So, Dr. Jordan Tischer, first of all, thank you so much for coming in today. Well, thanks for having me, and it's always a pleasure. And look, I'm fortunate enough to have a great health plan, and I see my doctor, my PCP, once a year to get my annual physical. I take a um, internal x-ray of my carotid to see how the flow of blood is going in my body. I have high cholesterol, so I'm on a statin. I mean, there's all sorts of things, and I'm relatively healthy yep. and, and normal. At least right. I, my friends might disagree. They call me wheelchair, <laughs> by the way. So, so I'm not really sure they really totally agree when I say that. But you know what? I am who I am, and I, I get up every day, and, and I'm But I would say function. you are normal. I'm Meaning normal. I'll take for that. Your, for your age, right. you have the kinds of medical problems right. that we expect for somebody your age. Right. And, then, and you're on a few medications. Um, none of them are extreme, right. but they are things that hopefully will help you live a healthier and happier and longer life, yep. and that's important. And the point being is that any one of those could interact with cannabis in some fashion. Now, I don't think from the ones you've mentioned that they happen to be those, but um, the point is somebody like myself needs to think about that for you. Right. And I've actually had this discussion with my PCP who doesn't understand it at all. So having the service that you provide is certainly something that I think certainly I could use. And I think others in my in my baby boomer-esque Era generation could use too. Um, I do want to get into a couple of big words. The, the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, a, a little bit about it and you talked about CBD. So there's really two. Tell me I'm wrong here. I'm going to see how I do if I. You're wrong. Did, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. That's you said tell me you were wrong. <laughs> no, that's a good point. All right. THC is the psychoactive component in cannabis. That is correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. CBD is the anti inflammatory component. That's part of the cannabis flower. That's also correct, though both of those statements are a little bit too simple. Well, that's why I made them, because <laughs> I felt confident that I knew enough about those two. And explain now the interaction between the two, because I think therein lies a lot of the scientific research and a lot of misunderstood myths about CBD. Okay. Um, so let's start from the premise that one of the things that makes cannabis interesting and challenging is that it is a plant, right? And as a plant, it has hundreds of chemicals in it, all of which may or may not be doing something that may or may not be good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think lots of scientists and physicians look at that scenario and go, oh, my God, you know, I don't know what to make of that. Um, when we start to break this down, we know that the, the 
group of chemicals are called cannabinoids. And there are other groups of chemicals too, but let's leave them aside for now. And so there are probably about 80 of these cannabinoids. And we know fairly little about many of the lesser ones. We have a starting handle on maybe the top five to seven of them. And you mentioned THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, um, which is sort of the main cannabinoid. It's far more abundant than anything else in the plant. Um, And yes, it does cause the intoxication. But where I was starting to say this is a little too simple is that from decades worth of research, saying that it's the intoxicating part doesn't emphasize correctly that it's also the part that's doing most of the benefit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very easy, again, sort of on a political level to demonize it. Well, that's the part that gets you high and we don't need no hippies. Right. (laughs) But um, but in reality, when we talk about pain control, that's THC doing all of that. When we talk about control of nausea and vomiting, that's THC. When we talk about people who can't eat enough because the word is anorexic, which is just means you can't eat enough. um, That's THC. So. Many, many, many of the benefits come from the THC. And so the, uh, you know, patients sometimes come to me and say, Doc, give me the kind of cannabis that doesn't get me high. And I can absolutely understand that desire, right? But in reality, that's not feasible because it's the THC that's doing both. What's the minimal amount of milligrams of THC? Because you look at the different flower and the different makeup, sometimes the THC is like at uh, 6% and the CBD is much higher, at like 13 or 14%. You know, they're selling one-to-one mixes now. So equal THC to equal CBD. How much is the minimal amount of THC in order to make that CBD most active? Or is it not as simple as I try to make it? Uh, again, probably not as simple. So, but but you're asking good questions, right? Thanks. And I so appreciate that. The, the idea here is this. Um, in cannabis flower, there is this mixture of chemicals that includes THC and CBD. And unlike many other conventional medications that are, in fact, one chemical, these chemicals don't behave the way we would expect them to when we pluck them out, meaning purify and isolate them. Mm -hmm. So we have had purified THC since the late 80s called Marinol, and it's been Schedule II, meaning a doctor can write a prescription for it, all the way since the 80s. The problem is it doesn't really work very well because unopposed THC causes people to get so intoxicated that you have a hard time getting to a dose that's then effective for whatever you're treating. Um, So... What we've learned is that these chemicals work together to produce the desired or expected effect, and this is called the entourage effect. Um, And the idea here is that, you know, the THC may be the main actor, but there's this other group of chemicals, and they're important too. And the implication there is that at some level there's a proper balance between the THC and the everybody else. We don't yet know exactly what that is, but we do know that many of the strains that were bred for recreational use, wherein they have pushed up and up and up on the THC level, that inherently has to undo that kind of balance. So when I'm talking to my patients, I tell them to look for a more modest THC profile, typically between 15 and 20 percent 
largely because that's sort of as low as we can find and therefore more likely to have a, that balance. You mentioned strains that have um, sort of more equal amounts of THC and CBD. Um, and my feeling is that, t- that CBD as a primary or purified constituent is um, being oversold at this point, that most of the evidence for CBD has um, looked at uh, anxiety control and uh, to a lesser degree, because the anxiety control stuff had been done in humans, Mm -hmm. uh, to a lesser degree uh, pain control as an Mm anti-inflammatory, but that's all in mice with broken legs. Um, (laughs) And and you know who gave them that broken leg, by the way. and, Humans? And, yeah. Sorry, had to say uh, it. So, so the, you know, the point being is that the dosing for those um, effects or benefits are lab only. There are so, such high doses that there's no way we can really achieve that in the real world, and there's no correlation between that science and what people are running around taking when they buy stuff off the Internet. So, And then at those higher doses, it's the CBD that interacts with your conventional medications. So again, Hmm. when you go online and your buddy says, oh, you just should buy some CBD, the chances are either you're getting so little CBD that you're really just getting a placebo, or if you're actually spending the money to take, you know, this ton of stuff, then you're at risk for interacting with your other medications, which again, if you're older and sicker, you're likely to be on some of those medications. So CBD at the moment makes a wonderful placebo for people to sell because it doesn't make you high, and it's relatively harmless at these very low doses, and it's very expensive, so that makes a good business model. And, of course, the politicians can get behind it because, you know, if it doesn't get you high, then we don't have to be giving permission to hippies to smoke weed. (laughs) That's great. So they use hemp in industrial hemp mm-hmm. to activate the CBD. Uh, can you explain the differences between hemp and cannabis? Well, really, cannabis is a species, uh, well, a genus, and there are a couple of species, right? But w- beyond or sort of ben- below species is this thing called a cultivar. And basically what this is is you have bred a particular species to have particular traits, Right. That's the botany or the horticultural word cultivar mm-hmm. that in the in in the cannabis world has been translated into strain. So strain is just a bred variety of cannabis sativa. Hemp is a different cultivar. Hemp is a cultivar that doesn't produce a lot of THC and is defined by the federal government as having less than 0.3% by weight THC. It can have any amount of the other cannabinoids and still be considered hemp. So what people and, – and, and traditional hemp, which was grown purely as an agricultural pro- product to make things like paper or cloth or really rope, which was the original use in this country. And the Declaration of Independence, I believe, that's was right. written on hemp. And old Ironsides ropes were all hemp ropes. But right. the point was that at that time, that stuff really didn't put out any cannabinoids really to speak of. Mm-hmm. But now we have gone back and bred – for higher levels of CBD so that we can extract it and put it into stuff that then we sell illegally on the Internet. Yeah, that's great. And on top of all this, 
is it's going into the human body. Mm. And everybody's human body is different. We all have different metabolisms. We all have different uh, amounts of water in our bodies. There's there's all sorts of things that are hereditary, sure. uh, things we've developed over the years, whether we've had so much sugar or whatever it happens to be. So therein again lies the challenge in the dosing of the product in the human. And from what I can tell and from what everyone tells me too, it's like everybody's different. Well, you know, we're going to land right back in politics with that. I so, that. Th- well, you see, the thing is, there's <laughs> everything truth goes and, back there. Well, I get right. it, but everybody is different. Is true up to a point. Okay, that is to say, most people fall within certain bounds, and um, you know, it's a little bit fashionable to say everyone's different because it sort of allows everyone to pat themselves on the back and say, "Look, I'm special." You know, which is fine. But the problem is politically the argument everyone's different in the cannabis world becomes sort of the the mantra by which we say you don't need a doctor and nobody can tell you how to do this and you should just go get some weed and fumble your way through this until you figure out what you like. And then that's fine if you're, again, a recreational user or otherwise sort of a young, healthy person. But if you are older and slightly more complicated, then I think it's not unreasonable. And this is true. This has nothing to do with cannabis. This is true of all medicine, mm-hmm. is that everyone potentially reacts differently to any kind of medication. It's why we have multiple medications in any particular type of medication. And it's why we might start a certain person on one blood pressure medication and a different person on a different blood pressure medication, because we actually have data to suggest that certain types of people respond better to one medicine than to another. But it doesn't mean that we don't have some informed and intelligent starting points to begin. And then also we follow our patients closely to see how they respond. And we need to either adjust the dose or even say, okay, this medicine didn't work for you. Let's go on to the next medication. Um, And that's the essence of being a doctor is Mm -hmm. that you use information from the patient as well as from science and experience to formulate a plan that seems appropriate for that patient. Mm -hmm. And then you implement the plan and see how it goes. You can't, you know, you just don't put somebody on a medicine and say, see you around, right? I mean, we always follow our patients to make sure that they're doing well, that we're solving the problem, that we're not creating other problems. That's the nature of the biz. Yeah, that's great. That's a great comment. Now, well, that'll do it for In the Weeds, brought to you by Vape Daddies, now with four locations in the greater Boston area for all of your vaping needs and questions. Remember to subscribe to In the Weeds on clnsmedia.com. For Dr. Jordan Tischler, I'm Jimmy Young, and you've been listening to In the Weeds on clnsmedia.com. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.